here's here's the reason why I'm going back to the archives and playing this clip because I think it's so important. Jason multiple times says we need to think about the end in mind. On one hand, you have an investment community that that just hates life insurance, hates annuities. On the other hand, you have a lot of people in the life insurance space and the annuity space that hate investing. And what if it wasn't an either or? You're even you're even going to see Jason say it shouldn't be an either or, it should be an and. He addresses the 4% rule and he and he says if we can think with the end in mind, why are you investing to begin with? It's usually to create some cash flow in the future. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going back to the archives and going to play a clip from my conversation with Jason Sanger on how to create retirement income strategy and I'm telling you, I've gotten a ton of feedback from people in the industry, from some of our clients, from people who are just looking for a better way as it relates to thinking with the end in mind and maximizing their income. Now, Jason is the founder of a company called Wealth Building Cornerstones. Wealth Building Cornerstones it has a lot of academic backing. They help a lot of financial advisors and they're big into education and, and they're I would say their philosophy is all around thinking with the end in mind and maximizing retirement income. So if you want to learn more about Wealth Building Cornerstones, we'll have a link um, below to that. And we'll also put a link to our full episode um, on how to create retirement income strategy. But here's here's the reason why I'm going back to the archives and playing this clip, because I think it's so important. Jason multiple times says we need to think about the end in mind. On one hand, you have an investment community that that just hates life insurance hates annuities. On the other hand, you have a lot of people in the life insurance space and the annuity space that hate investing. And what if it wasn't an either or? You're even you're even going to see Jason say it shouldn't be an either or, it should be an and. He addresses the 4% rule and he and he says if we can think with the end in mind, why are you investing to begin with? It's usually to create some cash flow in the future. If you can think about the end in mind, shouldn't we create an optimal strategy from day 1 that can optimize, maximize and create more certainty? For your cash flow. Now I, I'm I'm getting excited here because my book is all about helping people grow their money and 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 have control over it through their life. And I think a common um, I think a common question that people get is they're still analyzing it like an investment. And what I need to do a better job is I need to do a better job explaining how life insurance not just grows and can be controlled, which is powerful. But I need to somehow explain how life insurance can show up powerfully in the future as the second economic power. And as you'll see, their, their trademarked approach of two economic powers of accumulation and distribution or rate of return and actuarial science together can be very, very powerful. So without further ado, check out my episode with Jason. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can check out um, us at betterwealth.com. Or if you want to check out the highlights of some of my favorite podcasts, you can go to betterwealthpodcast.com. And we are just committed to continue to help people figure out their money things so that they can live more intentionally and show up more powerfully. All right. Yeah. So whenever you're talking about whether protection or wealth building and pre-retirement, you really have to take the approach of begin with a purpose in mind. What is the actual objective you're trying to accomplish? And so if we focus on wealth building in pre-retirement, the purpose of all long-term wealth building savings culminates at one point, retirement income creation at the end. It's not for retirement, it's actual retirement income creation. You have to be that specific, otherwise you have nothing to measure. 
And there are different strategies to use to create your retirement income path and strategy and outputs. They don't have the same efficiency levels. The different strategies are very different in how efficient they are. Uh, what do I mean by efficient? I wanna get the most retirement income out of the money I've been saving in pre-retirement. So the one that does that, one, the strategy that does that is the one that is the most efficient. There might be two or three or four other ones that exist, but they're lower down in the hierarchy as to what the output is for the actual creation of the objective later on. And so when you take this begin with a purpose in mind approach and you say, hey, wait a minute, what are we trying to accomplish? It's retirement income, it's retirement income generation. All right, well, the next step you have to take is, well, what methods or strategies exist and how do they work to create retirement income? Because there isn't an infinite amount of ways to do that. There's really globally four, maybe five. And once you've understood what those are, you can categorize them out in a hierarchy and see which ones are the top performers from strategy perspectives. That allows you to back into the age you are in pre-retirement and begin to place the savings you're doing in a way that creates the balance in, those, in the top strategies that gives you the most income later on when you retire. And, you know, it starts, so the question is, how does that happen? How do you do that? And from a big picture perspective, it really starts with this understanding of what we've trademarked is the two economic powers approach and understanding. And big picture here, the two economic powers represent the accumulation power, which is the investment industry. They're very good at accumulating or can be good at accumulating dollars. And then you have the distribution power, which is the insurance industry through the power of actuarial science and large numbers, the law of large numbers. And so what you have are these two powers represented by the two industries. And what you'll see here, and I'll probably go into a little bit of history detail on this, is that these two powers were never meant to fight each other. It was never meant to be an either or concept. It was always supposed to be an and in balance. So it's not about just having the investment power or just having the insurance power or bad mouthing one to sell the other because they have different attributes and responsibilities. They're different powers. But that being said, one power is generally not very good at doing the other power's job at all. It's kind of like if you're gonna build a house and you have a hammer and a saw, sure, you could use the saw to do the hammer's job, but that's not gonna be very efficient. It's not gonna look very good at the end of the day. And so where, where does this discussion come into play from a historical sense and understanding? And it really starts by understanding prior to the 1980s, so like pre-1980s. Predominantly in society, we were all a salary plus retirement income society because we were a salary plus pension system. A pension is nothing more than a guaranteed retirement income plan for an employer or employee. So when you predominantly had the vast majority of people having pension plans prior to the 1980s, they had a salary plus a guaranteed retirement income plan. Since the 1980s, what I'll expand on here is people are no get longer getting a salary plus retirement income plan. They're getting a salary plus investment plan option that they can fund at their desire, like a defined contribution plan of some sort. So it is not self-completing. It's not an automatic retirement income plan like we had previously. There wasn't hardly any education given to anybody about that and how it worked. And so to really understand how retirement income works from a strategy perspective and different 
pieces of that, you have to investigate kind of what started it, which are these pension plans, these retirement income plans that were guaranteed prior to the 1980s. And you have to look inside of them and you have to say what inside of this was creating guaranteed retirement income? How was it being made? And you do have to get a little into the weeds here to understand this. So I'm just going to do that. One, an employer is the one who's responsible to fund the program, to fund the pension plan at a level that will guarantee the retirement income they've been obligated to as a benefit for the employees. The question I would ask everybody is, how do you think they knew how much money they had to put in every year to determine that the retirement income for that employee would be satisfied? Well, to know that, you would have to know two things. You'd have to know the accumulation rate assumption on the assets internally for the growth of money for that employee's earmarked pot until retirement. So we knew what the lump sum might be at retirement that would be earmarked for that employee. But the second major thing you have to know is what is the assumed guaranteed distribution rate for life off of that lump sum that's been earmarked for that employee. Without knowing the two rates of accumulation and distribution, you would have no way of knowing how much money to put into the plan every year, It'd be impossible. This was where the two economic powers understanding and approach comes into play. Internally in pension plans, the investment industry was being utilized to create the interest rate power to grow the assets internally at say three to 6%. That would create a pot of money at retirement that was earmarked for each employee. And that pot of money would be turned into a guaranteed lifetime annuity income stream, generally on a distribution rate of say, anywhere between six and 10%, depending on the historical. And when you knew those rates and you had the proper powers doing their jobs automatically in balance with one another, you can create very efficient retirement income plans when you do that. You're not trying to make one power do the other power's job. For example, if the accumulation power is, if you try to use that for distribution and you don't know the returns you're gonna get on money while you have invested money and as you're starting to draw your income in retirement, you end up having to use a probability-based retirement income where you can run out of money. And that establishes a withdrawal rate that you might be able to sustain or might not between two and 4% off of the assets you have accumulated. Which I, I want to stop you there. That, that's essentially saying if you have a million dollars and you don't have any distribution strategy and you want to have some kind of good chance of not running out of money over the next 30 years, you're anywhere from, you're, you're saying, 2 to 4% distribution? Yeah, and depending on the time frame you retire in and the interest rate environment, that a 3% income rate can carry with it a 20% chance of failure, meaning you can still run out of money in 30 years or 35 years on a 20% chance. So in, that translates to if all you are doing, what, what's helped you get up the mountain, which may be a 401k, IRA, the, the, the market in general, where you're saying if you have a million dollars, you could if you take out 3% and whatever, adjust for inflation, we're, we're, we're around $30,000 and there's not even a guaranteed chance that it's going to last. I think a lot of people just wake up and they're like, wait, you're telling me I have a million dollars. I have the American dream, but it doesn't give me a fraction of what I thought I was going to get. It is, that's, that's a common response that at least I get. And I think you get as well. And so what you're saying is you need to not only have a good accumulation, but you need an income distribution strategy as well. Yep. 
a full retirement income plan actually measures the output. And the yeah. output is a function of the accumulation and the distribution. I like that. Not one of them. And the problem with today is since the 1980s and the dawn of the defined contribution plan as we've moved away from the, the pension plans that were guaranteed retirement income plans for everybody is now everybody's only getting by default an investment plan option, meaning it's not even a, an investment plan unless you fund it, right? So you have to fund it, but you're really only getting one side or one power that is not self-completing for retirement income. And so like, for example, if I went around the country right now and I said to all the people contributing to 401k plans or 403b plans, I said, first of all, I'd say, hey, do you contribute? They'd all say, yeah. And I say, okay, that's great. Um, why, are you, why are you contributing? And they'll say for retirement. And I'll say, hey, that's awesome. Can you tell me how retirement income streams work? And I'd venture to guess that 98 to 99% of them would look at me completely glazed over without any real ability to give me an economic answer to that question. That's the problem is we have not educated people on how to actually create retirement income streams. They're blindly saving without any way of knowing how much retirement income they're going to get for the savings they're doing because they haven't studied the methods that actually create retirement income. Every pre-retiree has two questions, how much to save and where to put it. If you're not measuring the output of retirement income generation and comparing that to your current lifestyle, so to have a, a succinct transition from pre-retirement lifestyle to retirement, you won't know until you get there and you are likely in for a rude awakening as to what it is if you haven't planned ahead of time and done all this math and actually measured it for real and put the two powers together to balance the accumulation and distribution phases. And you know, this is not coincidental that it works, I guess was my next thing I wanted to mention here is we were a salary plus two economic power system when we had the salary plus pension plans out there. Since the 1980s, everybody's only getting one power by default, which is just the accumulation power. So what's happened is the default path has become to continue to try to use the accumulation power of short-term fluctuating interest that we get in our mutual funds and stocks and bonds to distribute money but it's very inefficient at it because you can't predict the returns or the sequences of returns you're going to get. And that's problematic when you're trying to set your income rate at the beginning of retirement, not knowing any of that. And that's where the simulations come into play with the 20% chances of failure and so forth. And so all of us are getting this default path now, but we're not really ever being introduced to the concept of understanding distribution, starting with the retirement income generation area first to then back into what we have to be building on both powers, sides of the teeter-totter. We call it the two economic powers teeter-totter. On one side, you have your accumulation power. On the other side, you have the distribution power, which is represented by the insurance industry. And you have a 40-year cycle from age 25 to 65, let's say, to rain money savings-wise down on that teeter-totter every year for your retirement income planning. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.